G'day and welcome to the Fair Duncan Podcast, an NBA podcast by Aussies for Aussies. I'm joined here today. It was supposed to be by two people, but it, one of them decided to get sick last night at work, which is very rude and very inconsiderate of my podcast. I, I think it's absolutely terrible. Why would he ever do that? But it's all, all good. We don't need him. We don't need him. We've got the better half. We've got the better half of who was coming in today. We've got a good mate of mine. He's a Boston diehard. He's been on the podcast before I discussed last time how he introduced me to these fantastic... Oh, I'm not sure whether I discussed it last time, but we went to uni together. There was this awesome like Italian uh, sandwich place and he showed me what to get. They were fantastic. Taught me that my favorite Italian drink is pronounced Chinotto and not Chinotto. And then right after I discussed how he uh, taught me better pronunciation, I mispronounced his name four seconds later. But this time I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right the first time. Please welcome my very good mate, Dan Mazzalia. Dan, did I get it right this time? Absolutely nailed it. Absolutely no. Biggest win of the podcast thus far. Sensational. <laughs> sensational. Well done, mate. Thank and how you. How are you this morning? Very good. Very good. It is uh, just for a bit of context for the podcast. It's about 8 a.m. on Friday morning in Melbourne. So there's two games are about to happen today. I think there's a. I know there's only two games because I just set up my fantasy team for the day and I had like three players plays, playing and I freaked out that I had like no one from today's slate of games, but it's just because there is no games today. Um, but. Yes, doing very well. It's early. I woke up about 30 minutes ago, so I'm still waking up, but I think we're doing pretty well. And there's no better way to wake up other than chatting NBA, I say. How about yourself? Well, that's it, mate. If you have to get up for something, let's chat ball. Let's chat some ball on a Friday. Absolutely. Um, oh, mate, it's been a great start to the season. And we'll get stuck into it in a tick, mate. But uh, yeah, only a couple of games on a fr- on uh, on today, which is a bit... Bit of a shame. Yes, but no, no, no. It'll be good. It's still be good. It's always the worst feeling because, like, with uni, I'd have, like, one day off a week sort of thing. Like, mm. and, like, you get to your Thursday and you get all excited. Like, oh, I've got work. Work's only at night. I've got the whole day. And you check the schedule. It's like, you've got, like, two games. And it's like a – you've got, like, Magic Pistons and then, like, Hawks. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, come on, man. Come, where's our 12, day, 12 games, Celtic Sixers? We got that yesterday, though. That was a good game. We had a ripper day yesterday for ball. You guys um, were flying yesterday. Well, I was a little bit concerned with the uh, outs in, in, in Jayla Brown, obviously, and Christos, but the Celtics certainly held their own and um, really, really happy with what our Holford did with uh, Embiid as well. I thought uh, I was, it was quite masterful in the end, actually. It, it was an impressive game. I watched that game yesterday. That was the game I went for in the end. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at the stats here because like, I I turned, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, Boston, Philly. Yep, I'm going to watch this game. So excited. Then I turned on the broadcast and like, God, oh, uh, who was it that was in? It was Porzingis and JB, wasn't it? That were out. Yeah, correct. Correct. And yeah. I, and I think we discussed this last time I was on, you were on the podcast, was with Boston and like, they had the best top six in the league. But the issue is you're two injuries away from Sam Hauser starting. And that's literally what happened yesterday was Sam Hauser played 35 minutes of basketball in a, in a uh, ESPN primetime game against the, the one seed in the East. But you guys won and you played well. And we did. Tatum really was amazing. Did. Derek White had a fantastic game, 27 points, 9 of 10 free throws. He was great. Everyone looked good. Al Horford, as you said, did about as well as anyone can ever do against Joel Embiid. Sort of then kept it to 20 points. Like, there's some players where it's like, oh, he had a quiet game. It's like, yeah, he did 20 points. You're not going to be able to stop him from getting 20. But if you can stop him from getting 30, that's as good as anyone can do, basically. 
I'm, I'm taking Embiid for 20 points. Don't worry about that. If that's all he scores, I'm absolutely wrapped with that because when you look at Philly at the minute, I think they're actually quite a good side now with that Harden out of the picture. You look at what Maxie's doing. Um, but, you know, if Embiid's going to have 20, then obviously Maxie needs to have a little bit more to offset that a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it didn't really happen yesterday. Boston played a terrific defense and then mm-hmm. hit the shots when it mattered. So Derek White in particular, he was just unbelievable, oh. as you said. In that, particularly in that second half, I thought he was phenomenal when I was watching. Yeah, he was just instru- instrumental. instrumental. He really was. And, and, you know, T- Tatum still did all this stuff and Drew Holiday started quite well as well. So, mm. yeah, they're all uh, playing their part, Joe, which is fantastic to see. He, Derek White, he's the ultimate glue guy. I feel like he's that player that, like, anyone on any championship team would want Derek White right now. That's how I used to feel with the Lakers. I used to feel like that with KCP. It was like... There was never a game where I didn't want KCP on my team because he plays good defense and he hits threes. He doesn't take the ball away. I feel like Derek White's like that, but even better, like a better ball handler, a better shot creator that you just, you never don't want a Derek White on your team. Oh, look, I was, I was shattered when he was out for personal reasons, when he was having a baby, you know, so (laughs) come back, don't leave. So no, he's been amazing. He's been amazing. And he just looks tougher. As I said on the last podcast together that uh, with his shaved head, he just balled out. He's so good. He's done the Kobe. The Kobe and the MJ, he's got, he's gone to his next phase. It's fantastic. to to The same barber. (laughs) Oh, you, you guys are looking good. Boston's looking legit. I reckon. I'm excited. Uh, look, dude, I'm not getting excited. I mean, I'm, I am excited, but you know, we've seen what's happened in the last couple of years. We, we've dominated in the uh, in the regular season. Um, we just need to get over the line this time, honestly. The, I think there's something about that big six, the way they're clicking together. That if if you guys can stay healthy, I think KP particularly has been the biggest surprise for me for Boston. I I thought he'd be good, but I I thought he could be a bit of like a oh. He becomes annoying because he just like takes a bunch of threes and you like there's games where you're like, no, just get in the pain or no, just leave it for the Jays. But his defense and his like just shooting and playmaking all season, I think he's been a massive win for you guys. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, yeah, like like you said, with all the shooting that, that you know, perhaps Rob Will wasn't able to do, obviously, when he was playing uh, in the fives. So... Really great fit for, for what Boston are trying to do. And Drew Holiday as well. He's just absolutely running the show. Um, he's so tough. He's so strong. He just doesn't He doesn't get bothered when he drives in. Um, it's just, I love it. I love it. And I love Marcus Smart. You know, he was always my guy as a PG, but Drew is just that next little bit level. I, I feel like with Holiday, this is a perfect fit for him because in Milwaukee, on offense, he was being asked to do what he's not. Like, he's an okay shooter, but his mm. best the best thing about him is he can drive and he can finish strong and use his strength and stuff. In Milwaukee, they're like, hey, we need you just to be able to shoot threes when Giannis drives. Boston, like, hey, can you drive and attack the paint, which allows the Jays and stuff to take their threes? Like, you really, yeah, he's doing, he's allowed to do what he, he thrives at in Boston, I feel like. Yep. No, absolutely. There was too much reliance for the scoring on the, on the back side. Mm. Um, particularly when Middleton was out for a lot of the season in, in big, big chunks. So, yeah, I mean, Holiday can obviously, as you said, drive in and, and, and finish because he's strong or if he wants to kick out to an abundance of primitive shooters. He's got um, it. Including, including Hauser, you know, who's absolutely dismantling the three. I'm he, loving he Sam Hauser. Oh, my goodness. I just love the arc in the shot. It just takes forever to get to the hoop. <laughs> so you just wait and you keep waiting. 
and then oh it goes in and it's like oh that's beautiful so yeah keep doing that oh well we've we should get into the episode i say this every episode we've got a whole lot to talk about i was saying last last week i said the danger of doing a weekly nba pod is that there's like 50 games between every episode so like a thousand and one things can happen between from episode to episode so like i need i need to like at the start when i started like will weekly be too regular will i run out of content nope there's yet to be a week where i haven't had to drop like half of what i had in my run rundown in the episode because there's too much to talk about there's today, plenty happening jay don't worry about that well today we're going to take a bit of it all from the season and we are doing our early season overreactions it's a episode i looked forward to very much when i first decided to do the podcast there's like there's a few episodes when i first had the idea for the podcast there was the preseason predictions which i did with sam they were a lot of fun. And my early season overreactions. There were two episodes where I was like, I have to get those in. They're the episodes that every NBA podcast ever does. And we're going to be doing it today. So I've come up with six things, I think six or seven things. I think Dan has one as well, where basically uh, they're just over, they're just doing exactly what they're saying. They're overreacting to early season content or early season basketball to create content that people can fight about in the comments on YouTube and get me views. And I'm fine with it because that's what we all do. So it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and because I love listening to it and I love chatting about it. And I also, I wanted to do it this week. I considered doing it like last week or the week before, but I'm like, no, I want to give it enough time after the actual seat, like into the season. Cause like we're about four weeks in now to the season mm. roughly. Mm. So there's been a decent amount of basketball that has played out before us. So like it's not a heat, but it's enough that actually the things that were trends after the first two weeks, some of them have died off, but some of them have continued. So I have a bit more confidence now, like, oh, maybe that actually is a thing at this yep. point. So yep. you're you ready to get going? Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Well, you know what? We're discussing them a little bit before. We're talking a bit about Philly. So let's start with a Philly one. And I should make it clear, not all these are actually what I think. A couple of them are. A couple of them are more on the fence. I will be reacting to these as well. These are just more ones I've taken off of what I've seen on Twitter and Instagram and Reddit and things I've read from the overall NBA is thinking this. So I will yeah, also be right. I'll also be giving my opinions on whether or not I buy in on this. Not every single one yeah. of these is my opinion. If so, I'm the biggest overreactor in the world. If I'm <laughs> buying every single one. So we'll start with number one. Philly will finally break the second round exit curse and be led by all-NBA point guard, Tyrese Maxey. Are you buying yes. that or not? You're buying it? Yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it. They definitely need to get past the second round. Mm. Okay. Uh, been close a few times, obviously. Um, yes. The short answer is yes. Maxey's absolutely balling out. He, he has just been given the reins with Harden gone. It's just you run the point, work with Embiid, you boys do whatever you like. And it, it's showing quite nicely at the moment what the results are. So, yes, I'm saying yes. Uh, I'm honestly – okay, well, you're saying Max is doing well. That is an understatement. He is averaging mm. this year 28 points. Well, this was before – this is on, I think, Wednesday. I wrote these notes, so it doesn't include yesterday's game, so they might drop a little bit. But he's averaging 28 points, five rebounds, and seven assists. Mm -hmm. 50% from the field, 43% from three, 93% from the line. That's dropped a little bit because of yesterday's game. 
But, and also on one turnover a game as well. He had a seven to one assist to turnover ratio. He is just, like, I knew he would be good, but I saw it as like, oh, can he be a filler point guard while they wait for whoever they get from the Harden trade? No, he's just become an elite point guard. He's the it man. He, he is it. He is. He, is yeah, he dropped 50 the other day. Who was it on when he dropped 50? I forget. Was it? The Pacers. Was my Pacers. Oh, the Pacers are like my second team at the moment. So that mm. your boys decided to drop 150 on them and then Maxi's dropped 50 himself. And neither of them, <laughs> they've both been quite disappointing, <laughs> but they're doing well. But I actually think I might be buying this as well, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I think the Philly. So will they break the second round exit? The thing you have to think is like, okay, that means they probably have to beat one of Boston or Milwaukee to get there, realistically. Mm. Unless the <laughs> schedule breaks where like Milwaukee end up like the four seed, Boston are the one seed, or Philly can get to the one seed. That's probably their best bet is to get to the one seed and hope Milwaukee and Boston have to take each other out in the semis if they actually want to get to the conference finals. But yep. I'm not buying in on the Bucks. We'll actually discuss the Bucks a little bit later in another one. But I do think there's something there with Philly. They've got Tyrese Maxey's balling, um, Embiid's balling. And I actually think uh, I was listening to a podcast or an interview somewhere the other day, and they were saying that the guys they brought in for Harden, they're not mm. ums. Like Batum, Covington, yeah. Morris, these guys can actually play and they're getting meaningful minutes and playing genuinely big roles for them. Like it's actually sort of worked thus far, this idea of, hey, we've got Maxey and Embiid at the point gun in the center. There are two go, and then we're just going to put a bunch of three and D wings in between that, whether it's Melton or Harris or Covington or Ubre or Batum or Morris. Like we just got all these three and D wings, and we'll just fill out the roster with those guys. Yep. And they've still got like three picks, three or four picks that they got from Harden and from other things that they can trade now, as well. They've got the Harris contract if they want to. Like they're they're in good shape, Jay. They are in good shape. Um, it's funny what happens when you get rid of cancer, basically. <laughs> Literally. And that's what and that's what James Harden is. He is. Say, you can paint it up however you want. He's an absolute shocker. So for him to go and then for Covington and obviously Batum to come in the other way, um, D'Anthony Melton's going gangbusters. Yeah. His form for shooting, oh. it looks like it's changed. Like it's, it, it's a drastic change. He's absolutely mm-hmm. nailing everything. Uh, Tobias Harris is going to have a contract year he's, by the looks of it. He's having a f- – he's – Playing fantastic at the moment. As that third guy, I was just looking up his stats now. 19 yep. points per game, 56% from the field, 36% from yep. three, 88% from the line, six rebounds, three assists. Like, he's playing good defense. Like, they just, yep. he's really stepped up this year as that third guy. He has. He has. And Kelly Oubre, too, when he gets back. I mean, he's oh. actually started quite well. It's a bit of a shame about the accident. That was sad, so sad. Um, yeah. That was the craziest. Nothing. Like, because I woke up and I had like the tweet from Woj, and like, and I see. Kelly Oubre's photo. I'm like, oh, did he get traded or something? Like, they're like, no, he's been hit by a car. I'm like, that's, I, I genuinely have no had no words in the moment. I'm like, how? I, I never thought I'd see that tweet, but like, it was so sad for him because yeah. he was having a great season. Sad for Philly, sad for the fans, and just hope that he can get back quickly and back into the same form that he was in and not lose a step because he was looking amazing to start the year. And I really hope for his he sake just, that he can get back. He perfectly complements the the Philly lineup. Kelly Oubre, he just, it's seamless with him. I, I don't know how else to explain it. He's one of those players. I even felt that way when he was at the Warriors. I felt like for some reason he just really, 
just sort of gelled in nicely and just really played his bit. And he's even doing that more so with with Philly. And and you know the accident is a shame, but hopefully, yeah, as you said, he gets back quite quickly. It's only from the sounds of it, it's only a few broken ribs and whatnot. So yeah, you know, it should be maybe two or three or four weeks. Hopefully. So that's not a bad turnaround. But, yeah, Philly, I, I, they're, they're balling out to me. They look fantastic. They look fantastic. Except for when they play Boston. They don't know how to beat us. <laughs> they're looking really good. They are. I think yeah. I'm buying in on the fact that this could be legitimate. I think there's a there's something real there with what I'm seeing mm-hmm. in the success. And I think it looks sustainable. Like, Maxi, you don't want to buy into a guy who's, Jumped up eight points per game, two assists, dropped his turnovers, better efficiency, whatever. And after for 12 games, be like, oh, he's just going to do it for the whole year. But we've already seen twice in his career where he's jumped, taken a leap. Like every year he's taken a leap and then sustained it for the entirety of that year. And then the next year, taken a leap again. So it's like, it's not out of the question to say, oh, it's not like saying like James Wiseman started the year averaging like 15 points per game and like looking really good. It's like, uh, I'm going to need to see that for a bit longer because for three years you haven't done it. Maxi's done it. Yeah. Every time he's been asked, he's taken a leap and sustained it. So I don't really have a reason not to believe he will again. And they're looking good, Philly. I think they're the two seed now. They're eight and three. They've lost their last couple, but they're looking really good. We talked about it a bit last time. Are they better off without Harden? Do you reckon? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it's just... It, the proof is in the pudding. They're just so much more enjoyable to watch. They're faster. Yeah, they fly. They're so zippy. Tyrese is one of the quickest players down down the court. So you compare that to Harden, who just sort of trottles in and then plays a bit of ISO and then just puts it up and misses anyway. And you just it's frustrating to watch. So it, it got you know, very. I hate the Sixers, mate, but they are looking good. They are very very quick. Max is giving Embiid a lot of opportunity as well. They just they, they they look so fluid, and again, you know, Covington and and, and Batum and, and no one to, to, to sneeze at. No, you know, decent, decent, decent pieces. These so are, yeah, take it to I, the bank. They're in. I think the build, the setup is real. I think, mm. I think this Maxi and Bead and a bunch of three D wings. I think it can actually work. Mm-hmm. I'm buying it and on it. look who's managing it all. It's Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse exactly. He's, he's a great coach. I love him. I think yeah, he's one of the best coaches absolutely. in the league. And yep. you got someone who, for all the hate he gets, um, in Daryl Morey, he knows what he's mm-hmm. doing and makes good trades. And he has he's he put Harden in a place to succeed for years in Houston. He's doing it again. Like I, And I trust him to make a trade if they need to as well. Like if they yep. need to come the deadline. The one I saw a lot of, recently as they're saying um, for Ananobi, OG Ananobi out in Toronto, if they, because he's in a contract year. So it's like, if they're not going to bring him back and that would be the perfect third piece around these guys. Mm. I think, Cause he plays that three and D wing role just yep. at a high level. He certainly does. The other one I was reading on was Zach Levine. <sighs> there's, there's a lot of whisper about him out of Chicago. This And I, that's another conversation for another day, but they need to blow up the Bulls. They, they need to start again. They really do. So They're the it, saddest it, franchise at the moment, easily. Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> so um, if the Sixers maybe were able to get Levine across the line as well, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty neat. The, I keep reading about that. The, the Bulls, well, apparently they're looking to pursue a trade with Levine. Levine wants it. The Bulls want it. I was reading earlier that they're mm. both in on it. I think, I because I had it listed down as a couple of things to discuss. 
the Levine trade rumors are flying. The teams I said that I think should go after him, the Lakers, I think we're looking like we do need a third scorer. The Sixers mm-hmm. were second on my list. And then I had the Heat and Raptors, depending on where they're at sort of thing. I also saw apparently mm-hmm. Indiana are showing a bit of interest in him. Which, yeah, right. If they're buy, buying on Halliburton, he wouldn't be a terrible person to play next to Halliburton, but... Yeah, but I just think this. I think the paces are set. They're good. I think I that Philly. I, I wouldn't add to it. Don't because don't don't trade the future just for a second round exit this year. You know, like right. like yourself get to the playoffs, see what you need, and then go from there. Build a bit of experience. Yes. What do um, we lack, perhaps, in that period? That's exactly exactly. Right, Actually, do a bit of learning. You don't need to win it all this year. Don't trade it if you don't need to. We were discussing yep. before Harden being a bit of a cancer, and I think that leads us onto the second one. My second overreaction is the Clippers will miss the NBA playoffs this year. Fact. Fact. You're buying it. You're buying it. Absolutely. That is a basket case. (laughs) And our mate Flynn, he'd hate me saying it, but they are in all sorts. It's not good. This is is the organization summed up for me. Is that you bring in Harden and then someone like Bones Highland's not even in a rotation anymore, who I think can absolutely ball out. So that's just one decision amongst an array of a lot of others that just suggest they're not going to get it done. They're I, just not. They're all playing together now, but at some point, Kawhi and PG and the rest, someone's going to go down and you're going to go from a big four to a big three and they're going to be worse. Worse. The, so it's a. <laughs> It's an ugly situation. I've watched some of the games and mm. it's so stagnant. It's so slow. No, there's no, like, obviously there's no chemistry, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that I think people don't realize, like, this isn't 2K, you know? If you trade for a player mid-season, they're going to have to build chemistry. Like, chemistry is a yes. legitimate thing in the NBA. Like, I think when I used to play basketball, like, in a local league, like how different it was when you have your full team compared to having one fill-in because like we would often have to get a fill-in and stuff. Like it made a world of difference in how you could actually play because you don't know where everyone's going to be. You don't know what everyone's doing. Yep. Obviously, and exactly, yeah. Obviously, these guys know each other a bit better than I do a random dude who goes to a mate's school three years ago sort of thing. But like there's still a point where you're going to need to build chemistry. And the fact that the Clippers couldn't get this trade done in like September and give themselves a month of training camp together, I think mm-hmm. could loom large because suddenly you've got a month of the season. You're going to have to be doing that over. And if you're losing games in the West, the West is so competitive. Like really other than the trailblazers, I don't think there's a team that's not going to be wanting to win mm-hmm. to start off a little yep. in the season. So I, I think they eventually get in. Just purely due to the fact that I don't think they'll make it the top eight, but I could see them being in the play-in. And I think yeah. come the play-in, they'll just play Kawhi 45 minutes and I could see him just taking it. If Kawhi just needs to take over for a game of the play-in or two games of the play-in, I could see them sneaking into the playoffs through the play-in. But I don't, I'm not buying that this could actually be a championship contender, this team, in any sense. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. This will last one or two years, if that. Aren't they all free agents this year, anyway? Kawhi, PG, and Harden are all free agents. So it really had to work out this year. And, you know... About like, it's about $100 million in space it, in the offseason. It is. When they can rebuild and start again, because it's finished for them. It finished. is. I'm being dramatic. No, but... but it is. To be honest, like, I, I think they traded it all. Like, I do like the idea that, like, you don't just settle. You know, you trade 
you don't just settle for being a first round exit. Like I do like the all in idea of a hardened trade because it was like, at least I like the intent of like, hey, we're not going to die wondering. We're going to say, hey, this team isn't good enough to win. Let's see if we can make it good enough to win. This is our best bet. The issue yeah. I had, I posed this to Flynn a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. I said, the issue could be that they trade for Harden early in the season. They trade all the picks and everything but Terrence Mann, which is what happened. So this is what I posed before the trade even went down. And I said, then even if they look good, say you get to like Feb and they're like 26 and 19, which would be a miracle from where they are now. They'd have to go like 23 and eight for the next few games, like 30 games. But you like go like 26 and 19, 26 and 20, you get to like the trade deadline and you're looking good. You're like a top three seed in the West. Everyone's pretty healthy. It's o- looking okay. And then like a Zach Levine or a DeMar DeRozan or Pascal Siakam or Brandon Ingram becomes available. There's not one of those guys that I wouldn't rather have on this team than Harden. And that's the mm-hmm. issue is like the picks you traded, not only were they for Harden, they're the only picks he had left to trade for anyone else if they became available through the season. And I would have rather a guy like a Levine who can fit in along these guys. He's not just going to take the ball and dribble it 20 times and chuck up an air ball. Like having someone like a Levine or a DeRozan if he became available or even like, you know, Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum if the Pelicans are looking to blow it up at any point. Like I think I would rather one of those, any of those guys than a James Harden just because he's so much easier to fit into a team with two all-stars already. Yeah. No, and I appreciate organizations going all in and saying, you know what, we're going to give it a crack this year and whatever it will be, will be. But don't let my bias for hate of James Harden getting away of this. I just, I cannot see it. I, no. The more I watch him, the more I just dislike him, the more I think that the Clippers are just going to fail. That, th- that's just where I'm at. I just, I can't see them getting any, anything out of it. It reminds me so much of when the Lakers traded for Westbrook. It's like, the theory is there, but I just don't trust the player. And like with yeah. Westbrook, it was like it was pretty clear when Westbrook was on the Lakers, he wasn't going to buy into being the third star. He wasn't going to buy into being a role player. Mm-hmm. And that was what the Lakers needed him to do, was buy into just being a passer and a cutter and a screener, and he wouldn't. And I think it's pretty clear that Harden's not doing the same. Like he mm-hmm. was an amazing player, but at some point, like look at like someone like Dwight Howard. I think he's a incredible example. He was an MVP or not? Did he ever win MVP or did he get skimmed? No, nah, he never he, won MVP. He, he got he robbed by D Rose, I think. And he and he didn't get into the NBA seventy five. No, he never like got him. But like he's been stitched. He was a great player. He was three time Depoy, could have been MVP, multiple time All NBA. All NBA. He comes to the Lakers in twenty twenty, and it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to buy into being the best role man a rebounder, mm-hmm. a defender. Mm-hmm. And he was a crucial part of us winning that, winning the uh, title in 2020 because we needed mm-hmm. someone who would do that. He he was such a crucial part. Westbrook, Harden, like, that's what they need them to be. It's like, hey, you know what? We're going to cut. Westbrook's finally doing it on the Clippers and I'm happy to see that. He's finally actually setting screens and cutting and me too, man. playing some me defense. Too. But like, oh, it annoys the heck out of me they decided to do it at the same arena, just in the wrong colors. But like, that was exactly what the Lakers needed him to do was, but like, he wouldn't buy into it on the Lakers. And I don't see Harden buying into it on the Clippers. Is that he's not going to buy into not taking, like there was one the other day where I think it was PG dribbled around, broke down the defense, kicks out to Harden in the corner. He has a wide open corner three and he stops, waits for the defender and then takes a step back that gets blocked. And it's like, when you see that, you're like, I just can't trust these players to do anything. No, he's the king of selfish. Okay. Um, 
and it's just not going to... The thing with Russell Westbrook, you've got to give him credit. We went over to the Clippers. Mm. I think he accepted where he's at as a player as well. That's it. And he finally what, accepted and it. Understood, yeah, understood what the organization needed and is doing so, doing the role that they ask of him. James Harden will never do that. No. He is the system. Have you heard? Oh. He's the system. <laughs> I'm not a system player. So, I'm a system. Can you, know, you imagine being Ty Lue? Can you imagine being Ty Lue in that moment and just hearing like nah. this play you've just traded for? Like I'm six games into the season and I've just got a player who's come in and said, I'm not a system player, I'm the system. It's like, and now yeah. I have to coach him. Like, like I'd be there like pulling my hair out if I was Ty Lue. Oh, it's I, so frustrating. I'm not sure I buy into the fact that they'll miss the playoffs, but I do buy the fact that they're not going to go far if they make it. If they make it, mm. they're not doing anything past the first round, I don't think. I don't buy this team. I just nah. think that like, they're only the 12th seed at the moment. They, I reckon they just have to get to 10 because I do think they can win a plane game. Like If they get into the plane and they play like a Houston or a Sacramento or a Pelicans, like I think they'll just win because they have the experience in the big moments. Mm. But mm. if they then send them against a Denver or against a Golden State and they're going to get smoked. In four. Time will tell, mate. If they do get through the plane and they're, yeah, not. They come, they're getting absolutely smashed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Next up, we have Cam Thomas will be an all-star this year. Are you buying it? I'm buying a lot. I'm running out of money here, Jake. But I am absolutely buying. You're Thank buying you. this one on Afterpay. Shooting a lot. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. I'm absolutely buying it on Afterpay, but he's... Lights out, freak. Love what he's doing. Love what he's doing. He is the craziest player in the league, I reckon, Cam Thomas. Just like watching him play. Cam Thomas is what Jordan Poole thinks he is. Like he's he's got that, he's got the flair and the ability, but he actually does it. He actually does it. He's fantastic. He he's he's off to an elite start. As of I think it was Wednesday again. 26 points a game, four rebounds, two assists. Doesn't pass the ball, but why do you when you're averaging 26 points? Decent enough efficiency, 47% from the field, 32% from three, 85% from the line. I think he's out for one more week with an ankle injury as well. He's just got tweaked his ankle. To be honest, I, I'm kind of buying this because like he's done it. We've seen him do it before. He did it last year when he came into the starting lineup for like a week after the Kevin Durant trade. He came when there was like all the the Durant was traded, Irving was traded. They had like no one, and he got to play forty minutes. And he dropped like forty two weeks, two games in a row last year, and now he's doing it again. My only concern with him being an All Star this year, I think he'll be an All Star at some point because he's got the scoring. Oh, without question. It's just like when you look at the other players in the East, because like you get four guards in the East yep. and two spare spots that can go to any position. But like Tyrese Maxey's making it. Like, yep. that's a certainty. I think Halliburton's making it. That's a certainty this year. That is take it to the bank. bank. He, like, he he's, def- aver- he's averaging 30 and about 15. He's been phenomenal. Like, he absolutely no has turnovers. to make it. And no turnovers. It he's, doesn't turn the ball over. He's up. The Pacers are probably, besides the Lakers, my favorite team to watch. They're so fast. They play no defense, but when they're... Oh, like, when Halliburton's <laughs> got the ball, they... <laughs> Well, they, that's exactly right. Wild you, you, hit the nail, you, hit the, you hit the nail on the head. They're trying to just outshoot everybody because they, they can't do much on the day. And because they know, can do they, it. 
You know, they beat Philly, who'd scored about 125 points himself. So <laughs> it was just outlasting That's... them on the offense. When you've got Buddy Hill and Tyrese Alliburn, there's sometimes a bit of reason behind just saying, hey, we're just going to outshoot our opponents. And Miles Turner. I think Turner. he's actually out too. He's, oh, he's having an amazing nice. season. Yeah, he's looking real good. Bruce Brown's pretty good. I like Nemhard and Nace. Like, they've got some good players over there. Yeah, correct. Maxie's making it. Halliburton's making it. I think mm-hmm. Dame's making Dame's making it not necessarily because of play, but because he's Dame and he's going to get voted in by fans. Yeah, sort of thing. Like the name. That's three. Mm-hmm. Then you got like Holiday if he can make it. Jalen Brown, but he can be named as a Ford, I think, and a guard, so he might yep. take a, a Ford spot. So if you say mm-hmm. like Holiday, Brunson. Garland, Mitchell, Cade Cunningham, Trey Young, Lamelo Ball, Tyler Hero. So there's like there's a lot of good guards in the East. I yep. think he's an if he's not an he'll be an all star caliber player. The question is just whether he gets sort of done the dirty on by being a, a guard in the East in a time when there's ten all star guards in the East and only five or six can make it yeah. every year. Like that's and, the only the reason he wouldn't. And the Nets are potentially, you know, playing just under five or over five hundred ball. Exactly. The, the, of, the Nets are sort of a boring team, so people don't want to watch them. Like people are going to be watching Lamelo Ball over the Nets, sort of thing. Like that might be yeah, their downfall a bit. Correct. But correct. I do think it's sort of like how CJ McCollum was never an All Star, but like he was an All Star who was not an All Star. Yeah. He was an All-Star yeah. who never made it because he was in the same conference as Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, and Chris Paul. So it's like yeah. there was one spot available to him every year. It might be a bit yeah, of that. It's like it. Cam Thomas is playing like an all-star in the conference where there's Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese mm. Halliburton, and Damian Lillard and Drew Holiday and Garland and Mitchell and these guys. Like, I think Donovan yep. Mitchell has to make it the way he's been playing. He's been fantastic oh, for Cleveland. Yep. So I, I, think, I, d- I think even even just an out-there one like Tyler Hero, I reckon he's actually going pretty nice. He's having a great you know? season for Miami. Yeah, no, no, I think so- he could make it. And then you It'll got the, be on the standings, I think. You got the yeah, Trey Youngs and Lamellos who are like, it doesn't matter how good they are, they've got their fans who are going to vote for them every day, so they're going to get their votes no matter what. Yeah. I, I think eventually he will make it though. Like I, basically, what I'm saying is, I buy the scoring is there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I think oh. he, I think he's closer to being like a Tyler Hero than he is to being like a Jordan Poole in terms of like I think he's actually, I don't think it's just a good stat, good shots, bad team. Sort of mm. I don't think it's just like a bad team, big points. I think actually he can score. I think he's a good player who can actually score. And I think if he gets the opportunity, even on a good team, he'll be good sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I, I rate him. Big he's time. Not, it's not Jordan, not Jordan, yes. not Jordan Poole and he's uh, t- giving up an open layup to get blocked on a turnaround three by Chris Dops. That's, yeah, just it's, silly it's, things, and he tries to do early. these little, just these spin moves that are just not required. <laughs> it's just early, but that that clip of him like ball. walking backwards and then it, taking it through and getting blocked is still my favorite clip of the season thus far. I think it, <laughs> it just summed up so perfectly the whole Washington Wizards franchise. Oh, <laughs> They're running in for an open layup and then turn yeah. around and take that. They're in dire straits over there in Wizardland. Oh. They are. Oh, someone God. is. Someone. <laughs> they look someone got fired already. What's going on? They yeah. need to get Kyle yeah. Kuzma needs to get out of that place. Someone needs to save him because he's a decent player, I think. Yeah. And he is getting. And Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones does not deserve to be on the Washington Wizards. You just go to Washington to die. <laughs> that, that's what happens there. That team. Uh, did you, you see Jordan Poole's 
Poole's quote the other day, where it was something along the lines of, he's like, oh, I got my ring. I got, I got the, uh, I got my ring in my bag. So now I'm just going to play for fun. Also, like, no, it's like, no. I was like, I went to go on a state. I got my ring, got the bag. Now I'm happy to come to Washington where I can just play basketball the way I want to and do what I want. And it's like, that's that's the moment where I found the coach I'm handing in the resignation when I'm hearing that's that's my player's mentality. It's like, oh, sweet. I don't need to win anymore. I can just have fun. That's exactly what you so, want to hear from I your lead when guard. He was going to, I, thought, I thought he'd have a point to prove by going to the Wizards and saying, all right, well, I was in a pretty stacked <laughs> team at the Warriors. Let I did get my ring, but now I'm going to prove to the world that I can do it all myself. And he's doing anything but that. I think but he's... That. I think he says like, why should I care? I've got my, t- I've got my uh, bag, I've got my yeah. money, I got my ring. Now I just get yeah. t- like, I think he thinks he is a top ten player in the league. He's like, I feel like he bases it all off of Instagram highlights. Like he's like, he's like the eight year old NBA fans just <laughs> who made it to the NBA without ever learning anything other than Instagram basketball and playing Miley, playing my team. Like that's literally what I think Jordan. I think Jordan Poole's number one goal in life is to have like. A Galaxy Open My League card. And like that's actually all he's really aiming for at this point. Like that's all he needs. And you can look back in because hindsight's a wonderful thing as well, Jay. You can understand why probably Draymond had enough of him one day at practice and thought I'll beat the light out of him. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine him. I'm gonna, and... <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna deck this bloke. He's giving me the absolute I so, can't imagine him yeah. and Draymond would have our similar personalities. I'm not gonna lie. I dare say they might have different approaches to the bas- the game of basketball in their in their mentalities in some areas. There's, there's a box here for safe assumptions. We can put that one in there, mate. That is golden. Bang, uh, bang, bang. I would have loved to have seen him on a team with Kobe. I think Paul would have been <laughs> he would have been <laughs> shot after about two two practices. <laughs> It's like that old video that resurfaces up once in a while with Kobe reacting to the, the Lakers, you know, post-match when they're celebrating after losing the last eight, and he's just shaking his head. And, yeah, it's just not tolerable. Literally. Mm. We'll move on. We'll sort of fire through these last couple ones. This one was meant when we we're supposed to have Sam on the podcast, but mm-hmm. this he's not on because, again, he was very – very inconsiderate and decided to get sick when I wanted him on my podcast. But we're going to discuss Non-COVID. Non- exactly. <laughs> he's, out, he's out for personal reasons. He's done an Anthony Davis. He's stubbed his toe and he's called it. Oh, that's a... He's gone there with the AD. Hey, 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 it's the Lakers. I can, I can do that. I can do it. <laughs> no, uh, Anth- but the overaction is Anthony Edwards will finish the season as the best shooting guard in the league. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm Jay. personally buying it, I think. I think I've seen something with Ant that's special. When I watch him play, I'm like, there's something to him. The way he can close games is... He reminds me of this year's Shea, I think, is the best way I can put it. Like, He's a really good player that I think there's very few players I trust more than him in the clutch than Edwards at the moment. Like mm-hmm. Last year, Shea was so good all... Yeah, and then it'd be like, oh, there's two minutes left in a game. Just put the ball in his hand and you know he's going to find a way to get a bucket somehow. And I kind of feel like that with Ant when I watch him play. There's some, and the athleticism's there. Obviously, that means he has to jump D-book and D-Mitch. And that's probably the big question, if he can do that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know what's happening. I mean, D-book... 
I'm really torn on this one, Jay. Like, I, I want to give an appropriate response to this. Yeah. I, I just – Ant's looking freakish. He uh, is. Uh, D-Book, I don't know what sort of season he's going to have. He's only played three um, games. You know, yeah, so – and then Phoenix have their own issue. Not an issue, but they need to find some chemistry between those three as well and actually get some game time together. Yeah, a good way to start that would probably be having them all play at one time. So, that, that might help at some point if you're wanting to build a bit so of chemistry. Correct. So let's let's tick that box, and then we can perhaps reevaluate. But on current form, yeah, Ant Man's doing everything. Like I watched him play the Celtics the other day, and he absolutely finished us off. Mm. He was just so strong, and we play pretty good day. We have got good players that can actually you had defend, and he just smashed everybody. The, like if I was to pick not just individual defenders, like Holiday. If I had to pick an individual defender to take him on, I'd probably pick Holiday. If I had to pick mm. a team of five players to take him on, it would be Boston, and yep. he still dropped it dropped like 10 on you in the last two minutes. And I saw that going into overtime and like there was a point where it was watching that game that that was when I wrote this. I was like, there's something really special about him that he can do. The big one probably is that the reason I wouldn't buy it is because if him and Devin Booker are neck and neck and they're even, I'm going to give the edge to Devin Booker because I've seen him do it in the playoffs and I've seen him do it for longer. So yeah. for him to be the best, in my opinion, he has to like really leap both him and Donovan Mitchell. Because I've seen Donovan Mitchell and I've seen Devin Booker both do it in the playoffs. I've yep. seen them both do it for two or three years. So that would be the mm-hmm. only reason I don't buy it. But I just, I well, genuinely that, that was, think. That was where I was at too, being on the fence. It's like mm. he's had a great sample size of these, you know, 12, 13, 14 games, whatever it is. Mm. And he's looking unbelievable. But, you know, how does the rest of the season pan out? How do the T-Wolves finish up. I mean, they're looking great. They're the, th- they're the three seed. They're eight they, and three. I know. Do they go this way now or do they just keep going up? Like, if they continue to win as well, that's probably another big one. Of course. Because if they, they stay a top four or five seed, then yeah, I think he has every right. If he's not the best to be in the same tier as Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, but like, yeah. I think if they drop a little bit, he's averaging... 27 point or 26 and a half points per game, five rebounds, five assists. That's been good to see as well. The passing's been better. 46% from the field, 37% from three, 82% from the from the line. Mm-hmm. He's playing good basketball. And oh. I do think that Devin Booker is a freak, though. Like Devin Booker is a top 10 player in the NBA, in my opinion. So it's like that's a it's a big jump or around 10. He'd be about 10 for me, Devin Booker, I think. Oh. Yeah, no, he's He'd, he's be, damn good. he'd be he's on that, good. like he'd be in that, like it, yeah. him, Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron, like uh, Shay, like those guys would all be in that sort of like probably eight to 12 category. And I think Ant's mm-hmm. almost up there if he isn't already for me. So, okay. yeah, I, I yeah. think so. I, no, look, time will tell. I'm, I'm on the fence, but I, I can see why he could be. I think there's something there where I'm like, all I know is that, like, I'd pick him as one of the guys I'd build around. I saw someone tweeted the other day and they said they're like, there might be only one player under 25 that I would pick to build a team around over Ant now, and that'd be Wemby. And it was like, yeah, to be honest, like there's not like other than Wemby or like Jokic or Giannis, I'm not sure how many guys I'd pick over Ant. Cause like, I think he can be the number one on a title team in a year or two. Like, I think he can be that guy. So it's like, I think there's something there where I, if you, I reckon they need to trade cat as well. They need to, yeah, they need to give the key. I think Cat's time and Minnie's done. To be honest, give the uh, keys I, I to Anthony cause... Edwards. Yeah, yeah, and Nas no, Reed. Bank it, bank it. Let Nas Reed have his. Let Nas Reed go. Let him cook. Yep. 
He's averaging 13 points in 20 minutes a game. I remember how much, I remember how much we laughed about the whole cat go bear. You know, when he when he came across thinking this isn't going to work, and they're actually playing mad D. Like they're, the, the defense, defense is, is fantastic. Quick, clicking quite nicely in the net. Jaden McDaniel's when he's not punching Clay yeah. Thompson is a brilliant player. Oof. Oof. That's a good, good little battle the other day with that, him and Clay. So, that was quite interesting, wasn't it? That yeah. was uh well, let's quickly touch on that just for a okay. minute. What are your what you were your thoughts when you saw that happen? Um oh, look, I <laughs> what do you think about Dre's five weeks, uh five games? Do you do you think that uh is fair? Is it too much? I personally I personally mm-hmm. think it might be too much. Okay. I'm thinking maybe two or three games. Mm. I think five is a little bit bit heavy handed. But you can mount an argument either way. Yeah. You're really I, good. I'm um, on the I'm on the other side, honestly. I'm on the side of it could be almost too little, I think. Really? Yeah. I think okay. there's a point where because I went back and watched it. When I saw the when I saw it, I'm like there was a scuffle going on between McDaniels and Clay, but yeah. what Draymond did, like, like I think the they got incredibly lucky that it didn't get seriously out of hand when he did, like, what he did, like, like the choker hold he put Rudy in, like that was like, yeah, that was it. I mean, went, flew, it took a step across. It took a it took a step beyond just being like two guys having an argument at the like about in game. And yeah. like I went back and I watched after it actually the um the Malice in the Palace the Pistons fight from, and there was a lot of similarities to how it's like there was two guys in a fight and then someone just comes in and just takes a step over and in that one he threw a punch, but in that one everyone just like tempers flew, and I think mm. there's a point where the NBA it's like the scuffling and like the arguments like between Clay and McDaniel's yep okay send them out you know find them whatever that's two guys mm. who are just playing tough. What Draymond did, that could have easily spanned into something really bad. Like if someone like saw their teammate in a choker hole, you could come in and like it could have. If you, I think the NBA, it's good to send a message that like going to the point of actually like putting someone in a choker hold because that can like escalate things to points where there's actual real damage done that you can't undo, sort of thing. I yeah, look, I understand for the look of the game. Yeah. Okay. It's completely justified in giving him five. Maybe yeah. I'm just a bit old school and I just like oh. a bit of biffo still. I but, still, I think the NBA has gone yeah. soft, but I think there's a point where, like, I think Clay and McDaniel's like, yep, that's fine. Like, you're getting into a bit of a fight, whatever. Like, that's what I think. What he did, though, like, it seemed Draymond's like the way I I could see it was like it almost felt like like he was looking for an opportunity to as well. Like it, it felt like it was like, it almost felt like he saw it as a chance. Like it's like whether he has something against Gobert or whatever. And it was like, okay, I'm just yeah. going to, this is my chance to actually just do what I've wanted to do to Gobert for years. And like, he was like, it felt like there was something underneath that wasn't just the Clay McDaniels fight. Like he came in with extra aggression added into it sort of thing. And it's like. Dre, Dre's got, Dre's got basically red hot chili peppers. I'll be he, backside at the minute. He's he really, he's, he's in a he's bad mood. He's just ready. He's just ready to belt everyone. Yeah, you know he's had two texts. <laughs> then that, you know, he's he, just. I, he's, I, he's on fire. I think it's one where it's like I I don't mind them going heavy handed on a, something like that because it's like the one I don't understand is they're going like giving out the text for the stare downs and stuff that needs to get get stuffed like the what is going on that is stupid with the text at the moment like the one like. 
you watch you watch NBA and you want to see your best players, right? Put a yeah. bit of passion and, and flair into it, and a stare down is old school. Like, yeah, literally. I think of that 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 crazy dunk by Sean Kemp back in the day, right? Oh. And then he's doing the one yeah. of these to the guy yeah. on the ground, and that's just become one of the greatest moments in, in NBA yeah. history, really from a dunk point of view. Everybody loves it. If you did that now, that's that's a three-game suspension. Totally. So, like, what's going on? You get, I, the rest are just getting really involved. I think that was way too – that's way too much to the thing. Like, the Draymond one, I do understand that it's like, oh, that's such a, like, dangerous. Like, if you have – particularly, like, you look in the NBA, like, you've got big guys who are – like, they could – someone could do something bad if they – like, yes. you don't want to let that become the norm that someone goes, like, like a choker hold is what you actually go to in a fight sort of thing. So I understand them trying to kick that out of it sort of thing in a sense mm. where it's like, you don't want that to become like what players go to sort of thing. But no, of course not. Of course not. But how often does it really happen? That's it. As long as it doesn't, I think it would be one where you if know. it happened again, it would probably be like a 10 get. Like if it was like yeah. a, if someone did it in like a week's time, it would be like, okay, we're stamping this out straight away before this becomes a trend. Yep. But if it's one off, Yep, fine him, show the league, nope, don't do this or else it will be really bad for you. And as long as it doesn't, mm. then everyone's fine. Like, I think they need a little bit more scuff- scuffle happen between the players. Um, do you see the uh, one where Anthony Davis got a tech the other day against Santi Aldava? No. Nah, oh, it was in the uh, Lakers-Memphis game. Memphis are down like 15. Mm. And Aldava gets the rim. It comes and gives a big elbow to Davis in the chest. So Davis gives a push. It just flies backwards and like lays on the ground. I did like see he's, it. Like he's Sorry, been killed. Yes, I did see it. <laughs> like I know yeah, I'm a Lakers yeah. bias fan, but I was like, it was the ultimate dive at the end of it. I don't know how he got a like. Oh, they. Oh, the, the refs are getting the refs are getting sucked in, mate. They time. are. That that's another conversation again. But it's, did you the, the tech on Wemby the other day for just bouncing the ball is just complete stupidity. Stupid. Okay. So they're losing their mind at the minute, the rest. And There's way too much of this. Fans are paying good money to go to the game. They want to see a bit of passion. Totally. A little bit of aggression on the clean side. Totally. Don't tack. Don't I think, I think the, um, the stare down particularly, like, that's not a act of aggression. That's a, you know, you've earned that. Like when Ant dunked on someone, there's one the other where Ant dunked on a dude and like he gave him a stare down for like a second. Mm. It's like, he's mm. earned that. Oh, there's one the mm. other day in the Lakers game as well where Christian Wood got a tech for hanging on the rim because he took this mm. massive dunk and he caught the, and he was literally like half vertical, like he was like horizontal. And then he swung himself back to let go. Yep. And because there was someone underneath him. So he waited for the guy to get out from underneath him and then drop down. And he got called for a tech for like, the only other two options was he broke his neck or landed on a player. Like right? there was literally, I just don't understand. There was no common sense to it at all. Chris Dapp's got a tech the other day for hanging on the rim for the exact same thing. It's he like just maybe, wanted the path to be clear before he lands his seven-foot-five frame. He doesn't want to yeah. squash anybody. Maybe it's, tech, tech. it's like maybe technically it's too – like that's where common sense needs to prevail. It's like maybe technically it's too long or what their rule is, but it's like clearly he's not doing it as a celebration. He's doing it because he's looking and waiting for someone to get out of his way so he doesn't kill someone. Like that's yeah. – I think that needs to yeah. – that one got me. I'll me do too, one. Dude. Me too. I'll do one more, and then we'll go to your one to finish off. Steph Curry is now the superstar carrying his team the most. Yeah, yeah, I'm buying that. I'm buying that at the moment over like a Luca yeah. or a Trey or yeah, anyone. I think. Oh, absolutely. 
Well, the, the quick answer is if you look at Luca and what Kyrie are doing, all right, yeah. that's more than what he's getting at the moment down at uh, the Warriors. He's doing it all himself. Um, there's something it's it's almost sad to say it, but mm. Clay is just looking stuck in the mud, dude. He's not the same. Yeah, he looks nah. he looks so slow on defense and like yeah. I, I think like and it's so sad because he's one of my favorite players of all time, Clay. And mm-hmm. more than that, he's one of my favorite like player styles. I think he was he Prime Clay is I think what I want so many kids who want to get into the NBA to watch where it's like, hey, don't just watch the Jordan Poole who dribbles around for t- watch the guy who learned how to drop fifty without dribbling. Cause you will find Clay would have fit you know how we said like Derek White fits on any team. Clay was the ultimate. There is not an NBA team in history that wouldn't want prime Clay Thompson. He doesn't need the ball, plays elite defense, mm-hmm. is an incredible shooter, can do everything mm-hmm. you want around superstars. He was the ultimate role player of his generation mm-hmm. sort of thing. So it's mm-hmm. so sad to see him turn into what he is. But like, he's shooting 34% from three at the moment. Like he just can't, he's not the same. He just can't get it. He can't get it going at all. No. And again, like, like I said, it's it's just, so it's, it's so much sad to see. I, I watch him and I feel like he's almost resigned to the fact that He's I, gone. I just don't know. Yeah. I, Him and Wiggins. Are, and Wiggins after a terrible start as well. He's shooting 15% from three Wiggins. He's, he's been dis- a disgrace. Like, I think it really is sad what's happened in Golden State. I saw a stat the other day that five times last year, Steph mm. Curry scored twice as many points as the next highest scorer on the Golden State Warriors. So across the whole year, five games where he would score like, 35, 36, and no one would score more than 18 outside of him. That's already happened five times in 11 games for him. Yeah. So already five times he's more than double. No one, there's been one player, uh, not including the last game they played where he wasn't playing and Clay got injured and stuff. Until that game, only one other player had scored 20 points in a game. And that was Dario Saric had scored 20 points yeah. in one game. Like 11 games in, no one had cracked 20. There's like 50 Crazy. guys averaging 20 in the league at the moment. Yeah. The more impressive part was that Ste- Clay was averaging like 17 up mm. until then. So somehow he, he'd very consistently been getting 17 because he never got up to 20. So I don't know how, how one manages to average 17 and never get 20 <sighs> points. But like it was, it is, I think like if Steph's not on the Golden State, they would be like the worst team in the West right now, legitimately, almost. Like they would be shot without him, I think. I can't think of, yeah, I can't think of any scenario where if he's not there, they're, they're doing well. Wins anywhere. Like, nah. the, like they would be like in the Portland, Memphis sort of category at the moment, Detroit, Washington, like that sort of, that group of teams. Look, they, they've had, as we all know, a, a wonderful dynasty. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was always going to come to a hold at some point. Um, it's just this is now the time. Mm-hmm. Clay's contract, I think that expires this year as well. Obviously, yeah. um, Draymond. You know, there's a lot of money tied up in those players, and so you, I, I don't know, man. I, I love Clay. I, I love him. him. I love Clay, and I'm just I'm sort of shattered to to, to see how it's sort of panning out. He's come back from some pretty bad injuries, and I think mm-hmm. you know. Times just got him now. He just he just doesn't have it. Yeah, like that Golden State team was one of my favorite teams to play. Like it was annoying yeah. in the time because you wanted your team to win and you knew there was no hope. But like mm-hmm. 
Steph, Clay, and Draymond, when those three were going together, like, it was the most fun offense to watch because, like, it was so different to, ev- like, everyone else is just running high pick and roll 50 times a game. And then you have mm-hmm. this team that's out here running all these off-ball stuff and they're playing through their power forward and they're running. And, mm-hmm. like, it was, mm-hmm. I, I genuinely think it was some of the best basketball in the league to watch. And it's sad to see it die down. And I think Clay's just not the same player. And Steph's averaging 30 points a game on elite yep. efficiency and he's got them to six and six. And that's literally on the, his back without him. They're like one and 11. Yep. At this point. That's it. Now it's do sad. You, do you have any hot take you want to have us overreact to? Yeah. Let's overreact to this. I reckon the Orlando magic are making the playoffs. Ooh. <sighs> no, that. I, I think I'm buying that. I think I'm buying that. There's something about them. Yeah, Yeah, right. They're very fun. They look good. They're fun. I like Orlando. I I think I'm buying that. Like, nice, good one, good contribution. Then I'm happy with that. Yeah, I I like. (laughs) They're looking. They're looking good. Like the Paolo Banquero. He's so, sort of starting to find his form. He was off to a bit of a slower start, but I think he's found his groove. Hit a game winner yesterday over Chicago. Mm-hmm. They've got some really good pieces, you know. That, I th- that core group is so young. It they is. stick together, and I, I just see good things. They totally. just need to keep playing together. Paolo just needs to keep developing. The Wagner brothers, no problem. Cole Anthony. Oh, I just good. like everything that they seem to be doing. And I like the new coach. I just think they're playing pretty good basketball. They, they just, that's it. They just play good basketball at this point. It's like, there's yeah. not really fundamental much more about basketball. it. And yeah, it's just not flashy. It's just fundamental. And they've got some guys that I think, like Parlo and France, I think they're like, they're legit stars, you know, like those yeah. guys. And they're both the sort of play you want. They're like, big bodied playmakers who can drive. They're not just settling for jumpers. You know, they've got mm-hmm. guys that are doing good things. So I think, mm-hmm. I think that that team's a legit team. They're another team. I think would be an interesting sneaky Zach Levine watch. Cause they've got like, they've got like six guards. Like you've got Suggs, Anthony Fultz, Gary Harris, Anthony Black. Kel, like you're not going to be able to get minutes to all of them. Like if you were to trade, you could trade like a Suggs and a Fultz or whatever and get Levine mm-hmm not that expensive without really giving take. up much. And then you could You're run... taking it, yeah. You're taking that? If you could run Cole Anthony, Zach Levine, Franz Wagner, Paolo Benquer, and Wendell Carter, Paolo, like that's actually Wendell a good, Carter. like, you got some defense, yeah. you got some offense. Like, he'd be a perfect fit there, I reckon. I think they're a sneaky, sneaky Zach Levine team if he is to go. But mm. I, I think mm. I'm buying it. I'm buying this Magic team that they're good. Like, I think Fra- yes. Paolo Benquer is good. I think Franz Wagner's good. I could definitely oh, see them sneaking. I'm happy with that, man. I'm happy with that, man. That's great. Good. Yeah, because like I think I don't buy the Hawks personally. I don't think they're. I think Trey's a good baller, mm. but he's not a killer, man. No, I don't think he's a killer. All right? I think they got so... lucky that one year. They went up against the Knicks, who were the Knicks, and always yeah. choke. And they went up against <laughs> Philly with Ben Simmons decided he doesn't want to shoot the ball ever. So it's like they got a pretty coasty run to that conference finals. And I think there's always going to be a limit on a Trey Young team. He's a great player, but like there's always, a bit like a James Harden. There's always going to be a limit on how much you can do because I don't think he wants to be anything but the number one guy. And it's like, yeah. you could bring, you could bring three other players in who are really good, but the ball's still going to run through Trey Young a little bit. 
I think the squad's pretty decent. Oh, they're good. As we all know at the Hawks, but it's just not going to happen. I just don't, yeah, whether it is a hard thing and he's just happy to be number one and, and that's mm. it. But you imagine if Trey was at the Mavs oh. and Luca yeah. was at Atlanta with the pieces he's got at the moment at Atlanta. Atlanta would be. Like, that's a him and DeJounte Murray, Jalen, Jalen Johnson is having a fantastic season yeah. as well. He's yeah. 60% from the field, 46% from three. Like, they've got really good pieces around him. I think yep. I think there is just a limit. And, like, even with Trey, like, I know you don't want to like belt him for this because it's not his fault, but, like, compared to Luca, I know neither of them play defense, but, like, Trey's also five inches shorter than Luca and yeah. doesn't play defense. Like, there's no yeah. effort. Like, I'll see him play. Like, there's just no effort half the time. Like, he'll just be like, mm. like, he'll be the last one back on the break and he won't even, like, attempt anything. I think it is it is concerning some of the stuff with him where it's like, oh, it just feels like there's a bit of a ceiling on his yeah. the care. But, yeah. but, like, I could see them where, dropping. Where, just as a bit of an exercise, what where do you think if, if, if Trey Young had to go anywhere, Right to to perfectly complement another team and really get the most out of what he can do, right? And perhaps he's got these, you know, winning attitudes. Where do you think he would be his best at what team? If it wasn't Atlanta. Okay, so if he has to go anywhere, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking through it in my mind, right? Like, mm. yeah, I'm just out of curiosity. Yeah, because like, I think, rundown, but I just think, where I think would he go? The first thing would be he'd have to have a bit of a rust the Russ at the Clippers mentality change where it's like he'd have to sort of buy into you can't just run 50 pick and rolls a game. You're going to have to shoot. You're going to have to shoot off the catch. You're going to have to run off some screens. You have to do some stuff like that. If he could buy into that. First team that came to mind was Minnesota next to Anthony Edwards. Cause like Minnesota, you got Edwards, McDaniels and Gobert as like three really good defenders to cover him Mm. there. And Mm. Trey and Rudy Gobert would be a fantastic pick and roll combo. Like, I think he would, him in Minnesota, that would actually be interesting because, like, if Ant can still have the reins as the the guy, then you've got Trey who can run pick and roll. You've got good defenders to cover him. You've got good shooters mm. in Ant and McDaniels and stuff. I'd be interested in him in Minnesota. I'm trying to think okay. where. What about you? I don't know. I, I had this thing about Miami. I, I was think, I was thinking Miami as well. You know, they've yeah, also they've just, also are sneakily got up to seven and four and the three seed in the East, just without really doing anything, and no one's really saying anything. But they're, just, they're just under the radar. They just yeah. I don't it know is. how they do it every single year. Never discount Miami. I need to learn that it's not it's just not flashy, but it's seriously effective. And they, they got to finals last year. They they've got. They've got some ballers, man. They've got, and Tyler Hero, again, like he, he's playing he's having great. A great year. He's, he's really taking it to the next level. Um, so, yes, um, they are. They're always about Miami. It just annoys me. Miami <laughs> would be a great team. Great team for him, I think. I think. Yeah. Because, again, I, I think it. the things I want is like, I'd love a really good pick and roll center partner for him. Because, like, you want someone that can be that, that role man. Bam would be fantastic in that. Oh, my goodness. Him and you've Bam got, would be sensational. You've got a decent amount of shooting. You've got great defense around him. Sort of similar to Minnesota. Both of those teams, I think he would be a really good fit on. Um, Outside of that, I'm trying to think. Someone like Utah would be fun as well. Where it's like you got these yeah. guys, like this like Larry Markin and Walker Kessler. Like, he would be a fantastic, like a perfect, like, 
because they need someone who could just sort of take that team. They've got a bunch of guys that are going to be great working off of someone else, but someone who could just be like, this is my team. Everyone yeah. work with me. I think he'd be fun over there, but I like Miami. If he got to Miami, I think, and I think Miami, the heat culture would be good for him. Learning the heat culture. Yeah. He'd either have I think the, anyone. Yeah. I think anyone that can work with Spo, yeah. Coach Spo, you, you're going to get a lot out of it. He's had his hands. I should, I'll reword that. He's dealt with a lot of great players Pause. <laughs> in his time, Coach Spo. Edit, cut. Um, so I think Trey would just be another one who's fortunate enough to be able to work with him and get totally. the most out of it, I reckon, yeah. I think he'd be a great fit. Oh, any last things you want to discuss? No, I'm pretty good on this side, man. I'm pretty happy with what the Celtics are doing so far. Yeah. Um, as we know. Um, what are your thoughts on the Laker boys at the minute? What's going on? Oh, it's um Oh no, head scratcher. It's, it's oh, a no. lot of a head it's a head scratcher. I think I think there's a part where I'm trying I not need, to overreact. I need some water, pardon me. Go for it. I think I'm not gonna overreact, but like we're six and six. There's games where we look like a top team in the league. This I'm concerned about how reliant we are on LeBron though. I think there's a point. That's yeah. the thing I'm happy to overreact to is like like the Austin Reeves struggling. He's coming off a season with Team USA. That that happens all the time when someone comes off a World Cup or an Olympics that they'll have a slow start to the year because they're, you know, they've played all off season when they normally take a break. So like that I think he'll get back to his normal form. Yeah, that's temporary. That's, that's all temporary, that I think. Like Davis Davis, I'm happy with. He's actually been playing fine. There's just too much reliance on LeBron to run the offense still. And I think we need, we do need a true third scorer if we're going to survive come the playoffs. Because otherwise LeBron's going to run himself into the ground. It's year 21 and he's having to play like 37 minutes a night. And I think... Well, he was going to get on minute restriction. Yeah, that okay. lasted a whole game until we realized yeah. that this, we've got no, we're going to go on eighty two if he's on a minute restriction. It'll Last also be nice quarter, getting a bit of getting a bit of healthy as well. Will be nice because like yeah. we haven't had Vanderbilt yet, who's been a bit like defense has been our big issue is point of attack defense, and Vanderbilt's been injured, Vincent's been injured. Like they're our two best point of attack defenders. So getting a bit of health would be nice for this team as well. Like I think Austin Reeves coming off the bench has been good for him. I think that works better. Rui Hachimura has been amazing, but just doesn't get any minutes for whatever reason. Darvin Ham hates him. Torian Prince. Cam Reddish has been a nice surprise as well. He's been fun. Yeah, Reddish has been decent. He's yeah, actually he's doing his role. Really Christian bad. Wood has been an amazing pickup, bought into his role. He's playing defense, which is amazing to see. I can't, be- I can't believe you got him, man. I can't believe when I saw- I remember opening oh. Instagram on the day and seeing the story, and I just yeah. thought, you're all kidding me, man. Like, that's totally. such a good pace. No, I think but, um, I really want to see yeah. us once Vanderbilt's back because I think we've missed his defense. And I think I do think we need to make a trade. We are talking about Chicago before blowing it up, but I would love if we could get Caruso back. I know it's being rumored at the moment. Like if they Chicago mm. blow it up, we need someone like a Caruso who's just like, like too much of our defense relies on just the fact that, oh, we'll let you through to the rim. But once you get there, you'll meet Anthony Davis and we'll let him like stop everything. He's, he's averaging mm. three and a half blocks a game. Davis thus far. <laughs> and like yeah, he's, no, it's he's, he's been amazing defensively, but like we need that's not healthy how many shots we're allowing at, allowing at the rim because no one can stop their man. So yeah, yeah. I do think a trade is needed. But I don't want to overreact because we're good. We just need, I think, yeah, we're our offense, we're 24th in the league in offense. So we need some more yeah. scoring somewhere. D has been a nice surprise. He's been 
fine, actually. 48% from the field, 37% from three. Yep. Been a good playmaker as well. I think what I think we do need to upgrade, though. And I think someone like Zach Levine wouldn't be a terrible fit for the Lakers, who can actually just get his, no, own, get his own shot. I think he'd be, work well off LeBron. If we could get Caruso and Levine, and then you run like Caruso, Levine, LeBron, someone, Davis, like I think that'd be a yeah. fine starting lineup. And I think that would be fine. Who, go, who goes the other way, though? The ones I'm seeing is it would have to be either D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, mm. probably. Yeah, I can. And Gabe Vincent. So that's like, Vincent, you basically upgrade him to Caruso. I think that's an upgrade. Then it's like you turn Russell and Hachimura into Levine or Reeves and Hachimura into Levine. So mm-hmm. I think we just need someone who, someone who's consistent. We need someone who we can actually rely on to score the basketball. And mm-hmm. Russell and Hachimura haven't been that thus far, but it'll be interesting. Again, I just, like Miami, I think you can't count out LeBron. And that's what I'm relying on is if we can actually get to the playoffs, we saw what they can do last year. If LeBron just buys in for a month, we yep. can do crazy things, you know, but yep. never count out Miami, never count out LeBron. Am I too, even if they're the eighth seed, as we found last year, doesn't matter. They're both. No, well, that's right. Look at Miami on our side of the East. Yeah, mate. So, you guys can do that. What do you think? Of, what do you think of Boston at the moment? They're good. I need your thoughts as the Lakers. I'm buying it. Die hard. Yeah. Dude, I hate it, but I buy it. Like everything I see, I'm like, I think they can actually be genuinely good. And I wouldn't be surprised if you guys end up winning winning it all like if you can say mm. i've said from the start if your top six are healthy you're winning winning the banner yeah but yep, yep, i think yep. you just need your top six healthy because the depth is a concern for me that you're two injuries away from sam hauser starting and delonto banton and svima kylo getting 20 minutes a game each and it's like that you, i think you need to upgrade the depth at some point whether through the buyout or a trade somewhere mm. but like that's my only concern at the moment is like there's the, the the depth is an the depth is an issue, but like so because like I'm like no team can survive an injury to like their top two players. Okay, no one's going to win the title. No, they lost right. the top two. That's but right. the issue with Boston is like like if Milwaukee lose one of their top six, if they lose like a Bobby Portis or a Malik Beasley or someone, they have other guys that can sort of slide in there. Or if Philly lost someone, they've got that depth that can slide in. Like they can lose a Batum for a month, or they could lose. Anthony Melton for three weeks, whatever. And they've got other guys that can replace him. But like Boston, there's no one who can really replace those like guys three to six on the depth chart. And that's my only concern. But if you're healthy, there's a reason you're nine and two and the best team mm. in the league is because that top six is lethal. And I buy it. I buy what I'm seeing. Like, I don't think this, it looks like a different team as well. You're attacking the rim more than you were last year. You're getting to the mm-hmm. free throw line more. You're like the defense I think is phenomenal with Holiday and White and stuff. Like, I, I really buy this team at the moment. Yeah, I'm putting a lot on on Porzingis too. Yeah, I just think he creates a lot more headaches um, than just Rob Will being able to defend and rebound. Basically, oh, totally. He does. He's just doing so much. It's just silly, silly. I, I loved it the minute he played his first game against the Knicks and dropped 35, probably 15 or whatever it was in the first quarter, and it was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm happy with that. I see the method behind the madness. I think there was a point where it was like, everyone was like, oh, Holiday's going to be that third guy. Is it Brown or Holiday? Like, who's two? Who's three? And Kristoff's like, what about me being the second best guy on this team? Like, I'm happy to be. And like, and he's bought in. He's he's been phenomenal. And I think if your top six are healthy, 
you you're mm-hmm. the one team you can afford a guy who's averaging twenty points a game. Yeah. To have a like Tatum could have a really quiet game and you guys can still win a game in the playoffs because like you've got a heap of other guys that can fill that void if needed. Like, well, yeah, it's odd to say because I don't even think J- uh, Jason played overly outstanding yesterday. In the late, no, like twenty nine. Exactly. But Derek White picked it up and had twenty six. You've got guys like um, Derek you know, White, Al Horford's going to come in and play amazing defense. You know, you've got the pieces around. Blocks, that's, he had five blocks yesterday. That's big amazing. He yeah. sucks. He's so He's good. good. I hate him in Philly. I hate him. <laughs> and I love to see it. I absolutely love to see it. The hate <sighs> for Al. Oh, man. He just, he smashes Embiid. He smashed, uh, he yeah. smashed Giannis that series. He he's, is he's just a ball. Like, uh, he's, he's one of the most impressive players at his age. What he does on defense is just mm. amazing. Like, he still moves so quickly and he still gets to his spot. He's, he's a fantastic player. You want you want to talk about players that buy in and what you know a team is trying to do. Al's the epitome of that. He does Literally. everything that is asked of him and is a proper team player. And another great example of like looking at it here, mm. he's a five time All Star. You know, is he really? He is was a five time All five time All Star with Atlanta. He was a great player yeah. in Atlanta. He was averaging 18, 17 points a game. Like he was a really good yeah. player. And now he's Atlanta actually, Al was nice. And now he's just, but now he's completely bought into the fact that it's like, hey, all I'm here to do is play defense and hit corner threes. And he's fine with it. And I think that's the thing that's like, like with the out with the James Harden or Russell Westbrook, it's like these guys just come in and like Horford's done that for a while now. Like for like, since like, (laughs) it's like, oh, he's 37. Well, basically ever since he went to Boston and Philly, he's bought into being like, hey, I'm not going to be an all-star, but I'm just going to be the best defender I can for my team. And I'm going to be a rebounder and I'm going to be a hustle player and like, you need those guys who are just willing to buy into their role. And he is the epitome of buying into a role. Yep. Like he's, he's a five-time all-star. Like that's like, but he, there's no way he acts like that. If you know what I mean? Like there's no thought of like, Oh, I'm, I you wouldn't even, this. you wouldn't even think it. You no. wouldn't even think that he was a five-time all-star. Exactly. You know? I was even, I remember being an all-star, but I, I, I was I surprised when I saw five times. I was thinking like two times. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, maybe. Three. Exactly. Over, you know, 16, 17, you know, year career season, exactly. career, but... Like, DeMar DeRozan is a six-time All-Star. In comparison. So, like, he's only got one less All-Star appearance than DeMar. Like, DeMar's obviously younger, but not crazy younger. He's only three years younger, DeMar. Yeah, he's 34 at least. He's not getting any more, DeMar, so it's not like he's... he's... And he's he's a free agent this year, too. There's actually a lot of free agents. As I said, Chicago need to blow it up. And you know what they need to do? They need to throw everything at Tyrese, Maxi, and get him oh. across. Imagine him going to an Eastern rival like that. That would be just, huge. just for some reason. Like he's a free man; he can do what he wants. Imagine him going over to Chicago and being the first piece. I'd do it from a two K point of view. You could <laughs> you throw the bag at him because like there would be an enticing part of like, hey, you can just be the guy here. You know, Philly's always yeah. going to be in well, Bede's team. You can be the guy if you want. Lonzo's done. Okay, that's so sad. It breaks your heart, right? Lonzo Levine's is probably my go. Lonzo's probably my favorite player in the NBA when he like when Lonzo was healthy. Those like years with Chicago, the year he like that half a year he played with Chicago in his last year with New Orleans. That's like just about my favorite player in the NBA to watch. Like he was so fun to watch. Yeah, I reckon man. Lonzo. Yeah, man. so break, sad. Break, breaks my heart. Breaks so my sad heart. to see but, him. You know, he, he'll be out the door. Mm-hmm. Levine's probably going to go. Do they re-sign DeMar? He's going to be 35, right? Uh, Vuk, they're all finished. 
I think they're all free agents this year. Yeah, they've they've lost. I'm, they're I'm, losing, I'm pretty sure or something like they're that. They're losing. Actually, no, they can trade for him, but they're losing Demar, um, and I think Vooch mm. has like a two year deal or something like that. But it's like it's pretty close to being up. And I think does he have a two year? I thought it was finished. Yeah. Well, I, I think he, he was. It was supposed year. to be done at the end of this year, but he got an extension for whatever reason. In the oh, off season, they right. decided to sign him to like a two year extension, which like makes no. They they just no said, hey, why don't we just sign ourselves oh, up to yeah. purgatory? Yeah. So he's got. Two more years after this year, because it was supposed to be done at the end of this year, but then they signed him to a two-year, twenty mil extension right. per year, which is just right. a dumb contract, if you ask me. I don't know, man. I just think I think I think again they can really. Blow oh, they it need up to Chicago. trade him. They need and, to blow it just, up. Just complete, complete fresh start, man. And, and it'll start with Tyrese Maxey, man. Imagine if I wanted. I actually want the Bulls to take him, <laughs> and I want the 76ers to miss out on Tyrese Maxey. That's what I want, but it probably won't happen. I, I don't know what sort of loyalty he has. Even team. looking at this team as well, like, like obviously Demar Levine, like Demar has to go. You have to trade Demar, even if it's like. One pick, like you have to trade him and get anything you can because he's leaving in the off season. Just got to get rid of that contract. He's too old. Get rid of the contract. He's out of contract at the end of the year. Get him out of there. Get mm. something for him. Dem- mm-hmm. So Demar's gone. Levine, I think you should trade. Vucevic, mm-hmm. you should trade. But even beyond the big three, like there's other guys there that would have actual value to contenders. Like someone like mm-hmm. oh, we mentioned before, Alex Caruso. Like mm-hmm. he's on a small contract. He's an all NBA, all defensive team player. Mm-hmm. Like, I could imagine, like, the Lakers would give up a pick to get him. Someone like, you know, Milwaukee would give up whatever they can to get him or a Boston would give up mm-hmm. anything they have left to get him. I I could mm-hmm. see, you know, Denver or... Like, I, I don't think there's a contender that wouldn't say, oh, we'll give up a pick to get a Caruso at this point. Like, like he would have heaps of value at the moment. Like, there'd be someone that would yep. overpay for a defender like him. Even someone like Torrey Craig, Andre Drummond, Javon Carter. Like, these are pieces that own good contracts and contenders want those sort of pieces. Like... If you blow it up, you can get a lot for even those guys. Not even just the big stars. Like they have enough players there that I think Kobe White. Yeah, Kobe White is another one. You know, like I don't know whether Patrick Williams has any value left, but like, like there's a lot of players on there that I would assume. Like there's guys there that like, oh, if I'm a contender, I'll totally take a you know a Kobe White and take the risk on him and see if I can make have him as a sixth man on my title contender. If I'm, you know, just like like looking if you're like a. Say something like in Indiana and you're like, oh, we're not going to go all in this year. We don't want to trade all the picks, but we could pick up a Kobe White as like a scorer off the bench to give us a bit of a boost mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you're a New York. You could be like, oh, yeah, we'll go out and get a – someone needs a backup big man. Oh, yeah, Andre Drummond. We'll go and pick up Drummond for the playoffs because we've got an injury, whatever. So they need to blow it up, Chicago. Big time, man. They're so bad to watch. It's they are. Just, it's embarrassing, to be honest. A big brand like that, they are just shocking. Yeah. Just shocking. I can't watch ball games It, it should have happened in the oh, off-season. Okay, I don't know why it yeah. didn't, honestly. I don't know what they thought. The moment... The thought about going, oh, we'll go again with this. The we'll moment this. in the off-season that they knew Lonzo was going to be out for the season, that should have been the moment they blew it up. They shouldn't have waited yeah. this long, even. Like, yep. they've wasted 12... Like, I don't understand how they even tried to run this team back. Thankfully, for their sake, like, they haven't won right. too many games, You're so right. they're not... You're right. You hit the nail on the head. When they knew Lonzo was... Uh... Benito, unfortunately, they just mm-hmm. thought let's throw these blueprints out and completely start again now. Totally. Instead of this, instead of another twelve months, man, because it's just I've, not going to happen. I've got a terrible feeling that mm-hmm. I want to look this up. That Lonzo, they knew Lonzo was injured before they gave out the Vucevic contract. I want to look up Lonzo for. <laughs> Yeah, Google that. Update. I want to know. If there's a chance that happens. It just tells it just tells us where they're at. Uh, there's an organization, unfortunately. 
Oh, so he's saying he'll be back for 2024, 20, the, for next season, but like he's been saying that for a couple of years. But I'm just looking no, up the orthopedic uh, uh, surgery. I think they were saying, I'm pretty sure it looks like Onzibor uh, knee update. I'm trying to find find it now. I think. Uh, yeah, twenty third of June. Brutal update from the vice president. Uh, going to those Alex. Going into the off season, our expectation is that he's not coming back next season. So they knew going into the off season. Yep. So before the off season even started, this was when the playoffs were still on. This is during the Denver Miami series. And after that, they decided to not trade Lonzo. Oh, sorry, not trade. Lonzo. So they decided to not trade Levine, and they decided to give Vucevic mm-hmm. an extension. After they yep. knew Lonzo wasn't coming back, that's that's silly. silly. I don't understand that. Yep. I don't understand it either, man. Poverty and franchise. Me, me and you are not GMs or execs, but we can work it out from here. Why can't I? Like, <laughs> totally. And even like we were talking before about like Orlando, how good they are. There's like a hmm. lot of good teams in the East who are going to be competing this year. You know, like there weren't any, besides yeah, the Wizards and the Hornets, Stand. like no one is going to be bad. Like Indiana who jumped, we ever knew Orlando, like Orlando were going to be good. Atlanta, New York, Brooklyn, like Cleveland. Hmm. There's a lot of teams that are trying to do better in the East. So it's like, it wasn't even like, oh, if we just stick around, we'll get a six seed. Like, no, maybe if you keep this team together, you can get like a 10 seed. Like, there was no point in keeping them together, if you ask me. No, no. And like you said, man, there's 11 already ahead of the Bulls on the standings that I would take before the Bulls. Totally. I'd even take the Hornets for a laugh. I really would. Even the, honestly, I the really Pistons. Would. Like, I think the Pistons, if Cade Cunningham really yeah. gets it going, like, and I saw Thompson is the best defensive rookie I've ever seen, what he's doing mm. over there in. Detroit, so like the other day, the other day, he's, he's, I don't know what is he's a special talent, but like Detroit's yeah, looking good. So like, like yeah. other than Washington, like there's not really any team that's just really wants to be bad this year. Like everyone else sort of wants yep. to start winning, so I think they need to blow it up. Yep, big time. Be interesting to see what they do. Plain and simple. Dan, thank you so much for joining today. I won't take any more of your time. This has been a lot of fun. There's been some, I feel like we've got some good overreactions in there today. We've got some good, uh, good picks. Nah, I'm pretty wrapped. I'm wrapped with my Orlando one. Yeah. I just think they're going to do some good stuff. And I was just uh, happy to see you get on board. That could have gone either way. No, so. I, can, I can get on board Orlando. I see something there. There's something very special with that team. Nice. Nice. Glad we're in agreement, mate. And I appreciate uh, being on again today, man. Oh, Bye. mate. It's my honor to have you. It's always so much fun talking hoops with you. I feel like we could do this. We need to find a time to do this outside of the podcast. We need to just find a time where we could just chat hoops because it's too much fun. It's too much fun talking NBA. Long overdue. We should do it. It's way too easy. To everyone listening or watching, thank you so much for joining us today. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, you can check this podcast out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at The Fair Duncan Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go check us out on YouTube. You can watch the video. We do this via... It's not Zoom, but it's online and we film it so you can watch the recording there on YouTube. The YouTube account is at Protecting the Paint. Also check us out on TikTok and Instagram at Protecting the Paint. Dan, thank you again so much for joining. Go support your Boston Celtics. Go see them continue to rise in the standings. Whenever we have you on next, we'll see. We'll we'll bookmark it here. You're 9-2. and Last time we had you on, the season hadn't started. Now they're Mm 9-2. See how the season continues to ride out with Boston. But I think it's... The, the days ahead look pretty bright.
Write a couple of things. So we'll have a Boston update. All right? yeah. We'll have your Lakers update as well. Yeah. But I want to have a James Harden update yes. when we catch up. Because they're what? None and five, none and six now. I think so. Under his under his system. system. So let's see let's see where that system stacks up next time we catch up. It'd be interesting to see. So put that in your in your in your diary. I'm right? also gonna put, put in the diary Orlando time. six and five, nine seed. So we'll put that one in there. Book, book, magic, man. book, book it. Book it. Book a trip. Just they're, debook it. They're, yeah. they're set up for a uh, for the next bubble bubble playoffs because it's already in Orlando. Get to go to Disney World. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're primed for some success. Smart organization. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. To everyone listening. Good on you, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate. My pleasure. To everyone listening, have a great day. We'll see you in the next one. Adios.